Hey, listen, welcome to the Idiots and Games Cast. My name is Jeffrey Morris. Joining me today, the one true Zelda fan of our very own podcast, Nathan Wagner. How's it going? Yup! Hiya! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, we're just going to be uh, translating the rest of the show in uh, link ease. Uh, we're just going to be talking exactly. in screens Actually, and shouts. Actually, it's called Hylian, Jeff. Hylian, sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so on today's show, we will be counting down the top five Legend of Zelda games, um, our, our own uh, personal choices, and so uh, that'll be a fun segment, and then Nathan's also going to be sharing some fun video game trivia, which will be fun, and then I played an awesome video game uh, this weekend for the first time, I'd really been wanting to play it, and I finally was able to try it out, so uh, I'll be sharing about that at the end of the show, but uh, yeah, so let's get into some news before we jump into our top five Zelda games. Um, Nathan, I know you and Rob are both really big NBA 2K fans, yeah. and uh, I heard EA was making NBA Live, like a new version of NBA Live. It's been absent, I think, for a year or two, right? Yeah, um, they they made a game, I think, I think they made two games, like, two or three years ago or something like that, and then they stopped making it again because, like, no one was buying it. People are like, this still isn't as good as 2K. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they actually just released some footage from NBA Live 18 this last week, um, in the last couple of days. And, like, they and, had released screenshots before, and the screenshots Yeah, they had fine. released screenshots and stuff like that. It looked fine. It didn't look great. Um, but they released footage of them kind of playing through the game and stuff like that, and it did not look good at all. Like, the, the graphics were okay. They weren't great. They're definitely not as good at, on the level of of 2k but they were fine like you could look past them but mm. the animations and stuff like that did not look good at all like they just looked really wonky and even like the character and players and stuff like that the gameplay looked really basic to me like it didn't really seem like they were adding any new like innovations in or anything like that for a basketball sim it's just which is kind of pushing out a basketball game <laughs> yeah yeah they're just putting out a basketball game that's not going to be good as good as 2k and i honestly don't know why ea keeps trying to jump in because like i don't know they keep failing so it doesn't I mean, look great yeah it's, it's kind of weird to me because there's not really a hook for it like it's not there's no reason why you should buy this over 2k it doesn't really have like a big exclusive mode it's not like cheaper or anything like that it's going to be like on the shelves at the same time and people aren't going to pick it up just because of the familiarity with 2k and how they know those games are solid every year so, yeah, kinda, exactly. Like if it was maybe on. twenty bucks or something like that, and they were just trying to get gamers goodwill and people could pick it up and play it for cheap, um, I could see some people being like, "All right, sure, I'll jump in and buy this instead of two K or maybe a bunch of grandmas or moms at Christmas time or <laughs> yeah. something like that." But as far as I know, it's going to be a full sixty dollar retail release, and they're trying to compete with two yeah. K, which seems like a Death. I mean, yeah, exactly. I'm glad that they can do that. You know, there's no exclusive. Sure, like it's always good to have. But... It's not good to have domination on one market. I think we've seen that with Madden and other mm-hmm. games, but but this is EA we're talking about. So yeah, <laughs> not promising. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. So look for that. I think there's actually a demo that um came out this weekend as well. So uh, if you did play the NBA Live 18 demo, um, let us know. Is it is it okay? Um, me personally, I haven't played a lot of those basketball sim games yeah. very heavily. Uh, but I will say I did watch some of that footage, and like Nathan was saying, it didn't really look like anything very impressive. It looked like some of the even like the basketball and NBA live games I played back almost like on GameCube era. Like <laughs> just, the animations still looked pretty pretty similar. Like it didn't really look anything 
Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I haven't played it. Um, so uh, we did want to give a brief mention that um, No Man's Sky, you know, remember that game from last year uh, that you know, disappointed everyone? Uh, uh, well, it got an update, and it actually changes a lot. There's um, some quests that they added, so there's more, like, missions and story to the game. Uh, really before, it was just really you were just randomly wandering around, talking to people, and figuring out stuff on your own. Um, so there's some quests, some missions, and then um, the planets are more alive. They redid a lot of the textures, made things look a little bit better. They kind of added in a semi-multiplayer mode where you can kind of interact with each other, but um, it's not really a full multiplayer mode, right, Nathan? No, like, apparently, basically right now, there's just, like, if you see another player, it's kind of a floating orb. Like, it doesn't even look, like, fully like another human or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't really interact with them or do anything but apparently this is kind of just the start they're hoping to make it more interactive in the future i guess but Mm. i don't know but yeah this is it's good i'm glad it's getting updates and stuff like that like the multiplayer thing i kind of figured after it didn't have it at the start Uh uh-oh quiet dog (laughs) sorry (laughs) um but i thought figured after it didn't have it at the start like i didn't really have any hope for it but I'm glad they've kept working on it, and it seems like they've added in a lot of content and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, well, this is have to go back anniversary to update because it's yeah. about a year after the game came out. And, uh, yeah. you know, I feel like most people who bought it back then, like uh, you and me, we already kind of felt burnt a little bit and we're done with it and have traded it in and moved on since then. And, you know, if the game launched with this update and the previous updates that they did, at first and it wasn't a $60 game, I think, you know, it'd be pretty, pretty solid. But, uh, the fact yeah. that it's, you know, coming so late, I mean, I don't know if this is really going to make people want to go rebuy the game or anything like yeah. that. So I, I think the worst part about their whole thing, and this has been talked about a lot, is just the fact that it was $60. If it was a $20 indie game that I bought, I would have been totally fine with it. Not upset, but instead spent $60 on it and sold it back after like two months. So, well, especially because I had so much marketing Sony power. Yeah. Like, like Sony pushed it a lot. Sony, did, you know, usually when they, the games that trailers. they really pushed, we're talking about the uncharted games, horizon, uh, you know, they're, they're really big polished triple A games. And so this wasn't quite the same amount of polish as those other ones. So. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, well, so, uh, Destiny 2 is coming out real soon, people. It's coming out less than a month from now. Um, I'm excited. I was able to jump into the Iron Banner, uh, the last Iron Banner that was last week, uh, with you, Nathan, and a couple other uh, old Destiny friends. And it just felt great to get back into Destiny, just, like, being on with the whole gang. And, like, that game's all about the community and hanging yes. out with your friends and stuff. So that that was getting me really excited for Destiny 2. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go back for sure. I've taken a kind of a good long break like i haven't played destiny really since probably like last october last november something like that yeah um so i'm excited to jump into the new game yeah i stopped playing about a month or two after that came out Mm -hmm. so yeah but um in destiny 2 news uh i think it's on the cover story of edge magazine uh this month and uh, a bit bit of news uh came out and Bungie has officially said that there will be over 80 different PVE activities at uh, Destiny 2's launch. And so what that means is, you know, not including, you know, Crucible, which is, you know, your PvP, you're fighting against other players. Um, there's going to be 80 different missions, whether they're story, strikes, um, different things for you to do at the launch of the game. Um, in comparison, Destiny 1 had about 40. Um, wow, I didn't uh, know there was that big a difference. Yeah, and so it's roughly double the amount of 
um, single player or you know PVE activities at launch, which is awesome. And you know, Destiny One, you know, had obviously had its fair share of problems, and uh, one of them was you know the story wasn't be- wasn't very good. Those story missions were usually very very short. They weren't interesting. Like they didn't really have you know tell tell an interesting story, have a narrative, or really a purpose. Um, and I was talking a little bit with you know Johnny Ebbs on Twitter. We were tweeting back and forth about this, and he's like, "Oh, you know, like Destiny Two, it's probably still going to be have the same problems as Destiny One." And I'm like, "Well, you know, if there's 80 PVE activities that launch, and they're even close to as good as the Homecoming mission was from Destiny Two Beta, like I'm really excited because that yeah. story mission in the beta, like it was really cinematic. It told a really interesting narrative." It got me invested in the story, and if there's you know 30 more missions that all have that same level of you know cutscenes and you know fun inter- interactivity and variety in the levels, like I'm all in. So exactly, um, I, I think yeah. that's I think it's important awesome. to note that Destiny Two isn't going to be what people originally thought Destiny was going to be. Like it's not going to be this giant open world where you can go anywhere and do anything. There mm-hmm. will be kind of more of that. They've talked about a little bit, but it's not going to be basically like a an MMO with shoot with really good shooting things and stuff like that. There's still going to be missions and different activities you're doing. There'll be explorable areas, but it won't be this huge thing. And so as long as people don't allow kind of the original hype of destiny to, to kind of color their expectations, Mm. um, I think they should be fine. Like I'm very excited, but I'm expecting more destiny, hopefully with better storytelling, better cutscenes, all that stuff. Um, but I'll be doing ultimately kind of some of the same activities with hopefully some cooler bosses and cooler different um, More mechanics. More through. That was something yes. that surprised me. I've never really played an MMO before, and I first got the original Destiny. Like, after I beat kind of the main story and then played all the strikes, I'm like, wait, I'm just supposed to keep playing the same old missions <laughs> over and over to kind of grind and level up? Like, that didn't really make sense to me why I would want to do that, and it you know, took me a while to get used to on that. And, you know, obviously they yeah. added added lots more missions and strikes to make it more fun and uh, have more variety later on. But uh, with Destiny 2 having over 80 at launch, it's pretty awesome. And um, another thing from the article came out that Bungie originally kind of ran out of progression. And so what that means is, you know, when you start the game, you're level one or whatever, and you kind of build up your, your level and your armor and your stats. And they had so much PVE content in Destiny 2 that they had to kind of readjust how the progression worked in the game because oh wow <laughs> like when they went through their beta testing people were reaching kind of the max level and max uh you know light and stuff like that before they'd finish you know all really the content that was in the base game and so yeah. i think that's a good sign that there's going to be a lot to do that's gonna, good i mean it's going to take you that a means while. we're not going to be replaying the same mission five times over yeah right? exactly so um i don't know it looks promising we're excited and uh, we'll definitely have uh, lots of destiny 2 coverage next month when that when that game launches so yeah exactly that's less than a month away now so it's very exciting (laughs) uh all right you want to take this next uh, story nathan sure um so nintendo is apparently being sued over uh the switch um i was reading an article let me see if i can find it here i thought i pulled it up um I mean, just oh, yeah. the fact that you say so, Nintendo's being sued makes me laugh. So I don't think anyone's really ever successfully sued Nintendo. But. No, they've <laughs> been sued many times, but um, it's apparently a company called GameVice that in 2013 uh, launched like a tablet um, that basically had like controllers that kind of slid and clicked on the side, and then it wasn't a commercial success, obviously. 
And so then they kind of redid it and did controllers to kind of fit on the side of your phone, um, like an iPhone or something like that. So mm-hmm. basically, um, Pete, they're saying that Nintendo stole their idea and they want a bunch of money off the Switch and they want the Switch to stop being sold. Um, <laughs> the Switch with how quick stop production because of this. Yeah, exactly. Like with how quick <laughs> Nintendo is to shut down fan projects, they have really good lawyers. I'm sure they're going to be fine on yeah. <laughs> taking on this company. It, I um, mean, um, I think the timing on this is hilarious too. Like they're not, they didn't really catch on that the Switch was a thing and that it was popular <laughs> until what, like six months almost that, that it's been. Yeah, like they're just asleep <laughs> the last six months and they woke up and they're like, oh, this company stole our idea. Like <laughs> this thing's really popular. We got to. We gotta get some yeah. of that loot they're making. <laughs> like I understand it takes time to get team together to sue someone and stuff like that, but it seems like it should have happened a little bit sooner. I mean, they announced like the they switch wanna... in the whole controller concepts like back in January. So it's <laughs> yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Well they announced it like back in October with that initial video. Oh, and yeah, stuff that's right. Like it was even earlier, they October. Yeah. More details in January. So Yeah. But I don't think it's anything to be worried about, but it is kind of funny. <laughs> Because um, Nintendo has been sued a ton. Like I remember, they got sued with the Wii Mote and all that. And yeah, the I, what I loved about the Wii Mote, too, if I remember correctly, like the company was trying to sue them for the trigger, the B trigger. They're like, yeah, we invented having like a a type of trigger button on like a TV remote. Like there was like some random TV remote that had a trigger to like turn on the TV or something. So it's, <laughs> That's it, hilarious. I it, didn't realize that. Yeah. So they're always kind of like a stretch and it's only like when Nintendo has like a really successful product, like no one was suing for the Wii U. They, that wasn't there, but you know, with the yeah. switch, they, they can get some, some press coverage and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to get anything, but you know, such as life. <laughs> well, we'll let you know, uh, dear listeners, if uh, anything anything uh, happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if uh, the switch, I mean, maybe that's why the switch is so hard to find. This team just keeps up buying them all. No, you can't have this. <laughs> <laughs> this is our idea. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. Oh but, gosh. Uh, yeah. So uh, real quick, one more uh, piece of news uh, came out this last week at a uh, Super Smash Con was going on this week, which is a big convention for all things Smash Bros. and uh, even like Smash Bros. like games uh, go there. There's big tournaments, and uh, Rivals of Aether, which is a you know show or a game that we've uh, talked about a bit on the show here. Um, we had the creator of the show, um, uh, Dan, on on episode 49. So definitely check out that episode if you haven't heard it yet. But uh, uh, on E3, he announced that uh, Ori from Ori in the Blind Forest would be joining uh, the roster's uh, uh, kind of a cameo, a guest character. And then uh, he's also announced uh, this weekend that Rano, the poisonous pacifist, is going to be added to uh, Rivals as well. And he's kind of like a Yoshi Greninja type character where he has like a tongue and he shoots like poisonous bubbles out and he's really, really quick. And uh, what I think is funny is that his like nickname is the poisonous pacifist. I don't think Dan (laughs) or whoever realized that pacifists um, aren't really... uh, lethal they don't really attack maybe people. it's well you know maybe he's just poisonous but it's like a dramatic story about he can't like love anyone or kiss anyone because if he touches them they'll die from the poison but he doesn't want to be poisonous he's a pacifist he doesn't believe in violence uh yeah it is pretty fun, I, I, i'm excited to see the lore well he did say that you know all of the um characters original characters in the game and all future original characters that he would be adding um, have kind of like an element to them, you know, so it's rock, yeah. water, fire. And so poison, I guess, is another 
uh, sure. element that he hadn't really touched yet. And I think it kind of fits well with kind of the theme of like a frog, you know, poison yeah. frogs. So it sounds uh, like a really cool character. Like I, I love fast characters in games. Like I'd much rather yeah. usually be a fast character than a slow character. Um, so it sounds like it could be a lot of fun to play. Yeah, he shoots this giant like poison bubble out that can trap people in it, and then you can combo after that. So, um, yeah, so definitely check out that footage if you're a Rivals of Aether fan. Um, uh, you can look forward to that. Uh, and uh, yeah, all right, sweet. Um, moving on, segment two, we're going to be talking about our top five Legend of Zelda games. So Nathan, I'll I'll go ahead and let you uh, uh, take it from here. All right, so. Um, Jeff kind of was asking me, um, you know, you always talk about how you love Zelda. Like, do you have an actual list of what your games are and stuff like that? And so I started thinking about it and I was like, I kind of have an idea, but I wanted to go through. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and kick off, um, the first one on my list. Uh, this is number five on my list ranked majority. So all you list people, you'll love this. (laughs) But, uh, the number five Zelda game on my list is the legend of Zelda Majora's mask for the Nintendo 64. Um, if you've listened to the show before, you know I really enjoy this game. I think some of the reasons why are because the game focuses so much on side quests. There's only four main dungeons in the whole game, as mm. opposed to like Ocarina of Time. I think there was nine. Um, so the game really fo- there's 24 masks that you can kind of can collect throughout the game, and if you collect all 24 of those masks at the end of the game during the final boss battle, you can unlock um, Deity Link, which is basically a super overpowered Link. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's really fun to play as super sane link um yeah exactly but the quests are really cool because each mask has a different quest that you get and you get it from different characters you have a notebook to keep track of each character um and you can basically only complete certain quests at certain times of the day it's a three-day cycle that you play through and each um quest basically has a certain time of the day that you need to talk someone to be able to advance that quest. And so as you keep replaying through and through, you um, do different things. And some of them are pretty easy to do. Like you just need to, um, like the bunny mask, I think you just need to make friends with uh, this guy who tells you a story and gives you the bunny mask. Then you can lead um, animals around and stuff like that. Okay. Um, or really, really complicated, the like the famous cut. Comes, comes from? Yeah, the bunny hood. Yes. Yeah, that's where the bunny <laughs> hood comes from. So okay, it makes cool. you run really fast. Yeah. Um, or there's some really, really in-depth one. Like the famous one is the wedding quest to get the uh, Kafifi mask, basically. And it's this lover who kind of is ripped apart from his fiance and they can't get engaged. And you have to kind of bring them back together. And there's a ton of different step to steps you go through to be able to complete this quest. Um, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah, those are some of the reasons why I love it. And that is number five on my list. Nice. Yeah, I I, I couldn't really ever get into Majora's Mask. I, I it was it was dark and like some of the some of the quests were really interesting, but like kind of figuring yeah. out when the right time was was kind of tricky for me. If I you know I wasn't really investing a ton of time into it, so it's yeah, it's like definitely not the most accessible Zelda game for the but for the people. Who no, it's hard. Like playing and stuff. the original Nintendo sixty four. Um, actually, originally I wasn't able to beat it because I couldn't figure out. Um, especially the journal then was kind of hard to understand. And so I first beat this game in high school when I rebought it on the Wii virtual console. Okay. Um, and I think I had to look some of the stuff up on the internet. Um, but the remake, the 3ds remake actually does a lot better job with the journal of organizing things and making sure, you know, when you need to be doing certain things. So it makes it a little easier and more accessible, which is nice. Sweet. 
Um, all right, so uh, number Let's five first. on uh, my list would have to be uh, Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past for the Nintendo uh, or Super Nintendo <laughs> Entertainment System. So uh, uh, this was one of the first Zelda games that I really played. One of my friends had the Game Boy Advance remake. And uh, I uh, I borrowed it from him right when I first got my Game Boy Advance because he had had his for a while and I just got the Game Boy Advance SP and so he let me borrow it and I, I played through a majority of the game and I just remember really enjoying the art style like the the uh, the pixel animation was really really pretty all the different areas looked different the overworld music was fun and then that moment when you first you know go into the dark world and you realize there's a whole second overworld and you can you know go back and forth between the two overworlds just kind of like blew my mind at the time and um this was you know the first zelda game that i really you know noticed that zelda games are really all about the secrets and the exploration because like i would just start going and venturing up in a corner of the map and i you know went up to the i think it's the northeast corner of the map where i was following like this water trail and i found like, this giant like zora monster that gave me like magic flippers <laughs> so i could fly just like i had no idea this was even here at like that's so cool and so just kind of like you know expanding the abilities yeah. and equipment there was so much um to find in that game and there were so many dungeons and the boss fights were all pretty cool and memorable that you had to use the different um you know abilities that you had and i don't think i ever really beat it on the game boy advance or anything but um, I have I have really good memories of that, and then I, you know, bought it again uh, a couple times on Virtual Console and stuff like that too. But um, Sweet. yeah, I and playing through it others all the games later too. I realized how many like firsts that game had. Like that yeah, was, that was really yeah. the first time there was emphasis on the Master Sword and the Lost Woods, Zelda's Lullaby. Like lots of the music exactly. originated there, and like um, the yeah, so different kind of dark and light world and three basically needing like to be three dungeons to get unlock a different part of the game and stuff like yeah, that just a big focus on yeah like you said like that light and dark world and almost kind of like time you know zelda games have always kind of had a emphasis on that for the most part for most of the mainline games yeah uh, with warping around to different eras or um you know dimensions and stuff like that and the hookshot yeah. debuted there too and i, I loved hookshotting around that was a lot of fun so yeah uh, that game is really cool. I still have never beaten it to this day. I think I've only gotten I've gotten the Master Sword, but that's about as far as I've mm-hmm. gotten. So yeah, I've I mean, started and kind of restarted it a bunch of times. Um, but it is really cool. The, the opening's awesome too. Like you just yeah. it's a stormy night, and your uncle randomly dies, and Link has pink hair, and it's just you know. It's I going. can't imagine like playing it when it came out like in 1991 or whatever mm-hmm. or 92 because uh, like it must have been so ground like kind of just mind blowing at the time um, with everything that's in that game. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite Zelda openings. Like the opening was awesome. I really liked it. So yeah. Sweet. Cool. Very cool. All right. So moving on, uh, my number four is actually very close to yours because my number four is a link between worlds that released on the 3DS. Oh, yeah. um, I always forget that game. I, yeah. Like I, like I said, I didn't ever finish link to the past, but playing a link between worlds, um, Obviously, it's very similar and kind of nostalgic for all that similar gameplay and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved uh, kind of there's a lot of cool things this game did, but it did um, exploration really well because it was kind of the first game that you could kind of choose where you wanted to go. Like you could choose different dungeons yeah. that had the rental. It wasn't a, a linear the... uh, path that you had to go. Through. Yeah, exactly. So you'd be like, oh, I went to this dungeon. What dungeon did you go to? And you're like, oh, I went to this one first and then I went to this one. Um, 
So that was really cool. The story was pretty interesting. It wasn't anything great, but did kind of have a cool twist at the end, um, mm-hmm. which was neat. And then, like, this is the only top-down Zelda game I've ever beaten, to my shame. <laughs> nice. So, um, but it just kind of really hooked me. I stopped. I played about halfway through it, like I do with a lot of Zelda games, then put it down. And then I came back to it like maybe a year later and picked it up and played all the way through the rest of it in like two days. Like I couldn't stop oh, playing. Nice. Um, the dungeon design was really good. The bosses were really cool. And um, well, I just cool want to keep going. The cool thing that differentiated it was, you know, I had yeah. that ability where Link could warp onto a wall and be like a drawing and then, you know, could get around barriers and it kind of added a you know new dimension to the game where you weren't yeah. just looking at it from a top-down perspective. You could also say, oh, wait, I can warp onto this wall and go through this crack to get through to a new area. And that was a really cool concept that they experimented with, and it worked really well. Yeah, and it added a kind of a new puzzle dimension as well. Like, yeah. they did a lot of different things um, with puzzles, both with getting around and kind of collecting. Um, they had all those uh, fairy pink things that the you were supposed mice. to collect and stuff like that the <laughs> my mice that's right yeah those are fun um, to get yeah and there were a lot of those that were in walls and you're like how am i supposed to get that and you're like um and then yeah, you'd figure out like later the original korok seed almost like <laughs> yeah there's tons of but there wasn't that, that you could get to upgrade your items and stuff and yeah i will say link between worlds probably is the best legend of zelda minigame collection like all the minigames in that game so much fun there's octorok baseball where you like hit home runs from the octoroks i I spent so many hours playing that it's so fun yeah that game was really really fun it's also like the game that you could get the most amount of rupees in i think because you could rent the items and stuff like that nintendo Mm -hmm. didn't want you to have limited supply but it would just be like oh i killed a basic enemy give me a 20 coin rupee (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember i maxed out my i think it was ten thousand rupee wallet quite a bit from playing so many mini games and stuff too yeah yeah Cool. Exactly. Cool. What about yours? Um, so number four um, is the first Zelda game that I ever owned and bought with my own money, which is Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, um, which I originally got it for the Wii right when you know the Wii launched back in 2006. I'm like, I got to get a big Nintendo game other than Wii Sports at launch. So I'm getting this Zelda game. I've been reading about Nintendo Power for like five years. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it for the most part. It, it took me about 40 hours for my first ever playthrough all the way through the game. And um, the difficulty wasn't super hard, which was kind of weird for me because, like, yeah. obviously I never played through a Zelda game. Like, I hadn't really played through Ocarina or anything like that. And so I wasn't really sure how Zelda games really worked. And so by the time I got halfway through the game and I was kind of, you know, familiar with, you know, okay, I kind of understand how puzzles and the dungeons and everything work. I kind of wished up wished for a ramped up difficulty which was interesting like the boss fights didn't really give me too much trouble i was able to figure them out pretty quick but the boss fights in the dungeons looked amazing they were super fun to play and so i didn't really mind that it wasn't really difficult like i didn't notice that until after i beat the game i was like oh that wasn't really that hard but it was super fun um, yeah and they did a lot of cool stuff with like you know you get the steel boots that you can walk on the walls like with the, the mag- magnetism and the fire temple and then you know i didn't know a lot about Zelda lore but I'm like halfway through the game and I'm like I thought Ganondorf was like the main like bad guy then he he, you know they have that reveal spoilers of Ganondorf kind of being you know the one pulling all the strings you know a little over halfway through the story and I thought that was really cool and you know the the final showdown with him was a lot of fun um as well so yeah I just really liked it I really enjoyed the music um in the game like the Hyrule Field theme 
you know, me and my cousin, we hummed it like all the time. We were just, you know, it was always stuck mm-hmm. in our heads and, um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. It was, you know, a, a memory that I have playing through that on the Wii. And I remember I played the fishing mini game a ton. That was, that was a lot of fun because, <laughs> you know, the motion controls were That's such, hilarious. A, such a, like a gimmick back then. Everyone was so excited to do it. So I would like, I would take Link out in a boat and hand the, you know, the Wiimote nunchuck off to people. And they would be like, oh, my hand's actually moving with the guy and he's fishing. Oh, it's and literally all you did was just like <laughs> hold your hand up in the air when you caught a fish. Like that's pretty much all it was. But, you just uh, went, yeah. It was, it was pretty yeah. fun. So, so yeah, I have, I have yeah. a lot of good memories of that game. You know, it's, it's not, 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 not probably the best Zelda game of all time, but I, I just have a no. lot of memories for being the first one I played through all the yeah. way. and. Um, the Wolf Link was was a cool idea in some parts. Uh, it was they try to do something a little different with it. <laughs> it was but... just a little overused, I think. Yeah, I didn't actually play it when I first got my Wii. Like I played it a couple years later, and then I never finished it, so I didn't beat it actually until the Wii U HD remaster came out, okay, um, yeah. like two years ago. Nice. Um, yeah, and I'm actually, and so I think that that kind of tainted my view of this game because I played it like 11, 12 years after it came out. So like yeah. by then, kind of the music. <laughs> Sure. Obviously, it wasn't as good because they had already yeah. done the full orchestra, which is amazing with Zelda music. So yeah, if it's I had, a little bad. If I had only played um, it with the Wii U remaster, I would not, you know, it would not be number four on my list. But yeah, because I do kind of have yeah. a lot of that nostalgia, and I am playing it through sure. on the Wii U now, and you know, I do see more of its flaws now that I've played Breath of the Wild and you know some other games. Yeah. But uh, um, it still, still, still is a fun game. It's a pretty solid game. I really enjoyed the story and the narrative in it too. It was, yeah, it was a, the story was really interesting. Cool. Um, I feel like it was the first. Eh, kind of the first time they really went kind of deep into the story and tried to make it really interesting and have a twist with Ganondorf kind of being the one behind Zant and mm-hmm. not even introducing him until that crazy scene in the desert. Um, yeah. And the dungeons were really good. Like, there were some really cool puzzles. Um, and yeah, if, there was, was a lot of new items they introduced. This that game, was the one thing I really which, missed as I was playing through that in Breath of the Wild. I was like, I mean, I love Breath of the Wild, but these dungeons in Twilight Princess are so good. I wish there was more dungeons yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in Breath of the Wild. But anyways. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Sweet. All right. Um, so I'm going to speed it up a little bit. Um, but uh, my number three game is uh, the Ocarina of Time. Um, obviously, I think for almost any Zelda fan, this has to be somewhere on your list of top five games. Um, yeah. Just because it was the first time Zelda series was in 3D, it was kind of such a transformational game when it was released. Got a ton of 10s, um, and people really love this game. For me, it was because it was the first Zelda game I ever played. Um, and so I remember, um, kind of like you were talking about with Secrets, with Link to the Past, that was what this game was for me. Like I remember mm-hmm. talking on the playground with my next-door neighbor and being like, oh, did you get this part? And I can't figure out what you're supposed to do in Lost Woods. Like, I kept getting lost. My friend's like, oh, you have to listen for the sound and follow the sound. Then you'll be able to find it. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, And so all those kind of things um, associated with the nostalgia just really build this game up for me. And then obviously the nine different dungeons were really interesting. They each kind of had a different hook. Um, And when you became Adult Link, and the cool thing about Adult Link is it made so many more different... um, items and stuff available to use in the game mm-hmm. which made it a lot of fun and kind of redid yeah. some like of you're the... not using a slingshot anymore you're using a bow and arrow yeah exactly <laughs> you're bo- using a bow and arrow you can only use the hook shot i think when you're adult link yeah. and um you get a ride pono which was really cool um mm-hmm. riding her through the fields you could only do the bow combat but it was still pretty cool to try and kill the big pose and get their ghost senses and essences and stuff so yeah 
such yeah. a good game. Mm-hmm. Um, just how they were able to translate 2D Zelda into such a yeah. amazing game on their first try with Ocarina of Time, I think, is <laughs> you know an accomplishment in itself. And the boss yes. fights were all you know really really interesting, and you know it introduced pretty much the lock on camera to like video games, which. Mm-hmm. I mean, name a 3D video game nowadays that doesn't have a lock-on camera function. Like it's yeah, uh, one Something of the things or... that they introduced and it worked flawlessly. So yeah, and the the end of the game was so great. Like it felt like it had this huge build-up. You were going through all these dungeons and stuff mm-hmm. to stop Ganon, and like the final fight didn't disappoint at all as you're climbing up Ganon's tower and the music's getting louder and louder with a circular it was, stairway. It was tough too. Like the both yeah. phases were pretty tricky to do. <laughs> Yeah, the Ganondorf. Yeah, the Ganondorf fight plan the first time was really hard, and then um, you realize you have to fight Ganon at the end after you go down the castle with Zelda. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I'm like, I don't even have my sword. How am I supposed to even <laughs> um, even damage him? So it was really cool the first time playing through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fantastic game. I don't think anyone can argue argue uh, with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, my number three game would be uh, The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which was the second title that was released on the Wii. And that was you know kind of the swan song for the Nintendo Wii. Um, it kind of pushed the Wii to its limits. It wasn't in HD. It, it didn't may- maybe necessarily look as good uh, necessarily as a lot of the other games that were coming around, coming out around that area era like halo reach and mass effect 3 and stuff like that but um for what nintendo did with the limitations they had i think is really something spectacular um they definitely went with more of like a kind of a watercolor paint style um art style but it wasn't like so cartoony and so artistic that like it kind of like it looked like wind waker or anything like that like it still looked like a real world and it was pretty pretty fleshed out and you know link looked mature and stuff like that but there definitely was a more colorful art style and you know the whole thing around the game was the motion controls and the first time we saw the game at e3 no one really thought it was going to work very well because it you know the motion was looked kind of glitchy and stuff but um, once i got this game in my hands and i was actually moving around and using the sword and um these different ways it kind of made me realize that they can do so much more with puzzles with this game with emotion like there's certain enemies you have to swipe a certain way so it's not just lock onto the enemy mash the a button until they die like you have to actually kind of be a little bit more patient and uh, figure out how you're going to approach enemies and um, you could cut through like bamboo trees and um, just do lots of cool stuff with the motion and they even worked most of the items around the motion too so there was you know, like a, a beetle that you could kind of control around with with the Wiimote as you tilted it that could grab things. Um, they kind of did a use gyro sensors rather than just like, you know, pointing at the screen for selecting items in your inventory. Um, so it just, they made motion controls basically feel really, really natural, which a lot of Wii games yeah, it was like, hadn't really done. Like it, like, <laughs> it came out the end of the Wii's life cycle, and it, Nintendo was like, this is the game that proves that motion control works, basically. Yes. <laughs> and it was kind of funny, because the sad thing about Skyward Sword is so many people didn't play it because of the, like, at that point, motion controls weren't popular anymore. People were over them, and mm-hmm. it came out at the end of the Wii's life cycle. So I think it's only sold, like, 4 million copies lifetime or something like that yeah. so a lot of people haven't played this game or kind of writ, writ, wrote it off um but it does really speak to the amazingness of the art style you said especially with the limitations placed on them and then also i really like the story 
of this game. Yeah. Like, I yeah, feel like it was the first time that. Nintendo did a really in-depth story. There was so many cool cutscenes, and um, well, it was really just, fascinating. Even just the lore behind the game was really interesting because they said it was that's when they first kind of officially announced the Zelda timeline, and you know, mm-hmm. you can say the Zelda games connect, which you know uh, they. They kind of, you know, drop hints every once in a while, but they're pretty much standalone experiences. But Skyward was the first game in this timeline. It kind of shows how everything started. And so, like, that explains why Link always is wearing, like, a green tunic and then, like, where the red, you know, bird comes from that's on the Hylian shield in all the games and how the Master Sword gets forged. And so you walk through all those steps, and it's kind of a really cool origin story for all these characters and items and things you've come to know and love the the Zelda series, which kind of just put a nice neat little little bow on things and so uh yeah so it was it was really cool for that and the amount of cutscenes. i think this is the zelda game with the most cutscenes, like easily like there's so many cinematic moments and cutscenes, and you know you really actually feel like you get to know zelda and she's not just some ran- random you know princess in a castle that you meet real quick and then you're trying to say and then like, you're trying to say <laughs> Yeah, she's yeah, it gives you know, real motivation. Her and Link are practically going her. steady at the beginning of the game. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> true. With she's each other, flirt. So. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was it, a great that, game. That was a really good game, and that was the I think the first Zelda game that was fully orchestrated with the symphony, and so like everything from the little mm-hmm. sound effects to the music and everything was was beautiful, beautiful um, orchestrated music. So I enjoy just yeah. flying around listening to the music and. Um, like I they didn't see Epona the, at all. Like just flying around in yeah. the loft wing was so much fun, and finding like little islands to land on and do side quests and stuff. So they took Easter egg to the next level with that game. When the main theme, basically, someone played it backwards and was like, "Oh my gosh, this is Zelda's lullaby from yeah, Ocarina yeah. of Time." But like, it was so cool. About that. Well, yeah. they did. They did so really, cool, really cool stuff. stuff with the music for sure. So yeah, yeah. sweet, good game. Um, all right. Well, number two on my list is a. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, if you've listened to me at all the last six months, you probably knew this had to be somewhere on my list. Uh, I don't even know where to start with this game. I mean, the first time <laughs> I started up, like, just hopping out of the cave and coming into that huge, beautiful, lush world, and it's so colorful, and there's so many different things you can do. And you look out, and you're like, oh, my gosh. I can, like, go anywhere. I can do whatever I want. There's so much to explore. Like it's, I think it's the biggest game I've ever played as far as like mm-hmm. map size and stuff like that. Um, easily, like it was. I love Skyrim. It was like easily a lot bigger than kind of the Skyrim universe and stuff like that. And like has been talked about it a lot. The addition of climbing really changed how you view things and getting to things and changed how puzzle making is done. Um, and yeah, just the exploration and amount of things, the reason to explore Nintendo did a really good job of kind of giving the shrines that um, give you a reason to explore. And every time you're like, Oh, I'm kind of done with exploring. You come along, find a shrine and give, give you like five, 10 minute puzzle or something like that to figure out. And um, the different characters and towns they placed in the game, they did a really good job with making sure that they had quests and they actually had like a quest management um, time for the, like line in the in your menu for the first time in the game i think um which is really cool so you could be like look and go and look like oh this is this person wants me to bring them this or whatever it is um and there are some really cool deep engaging quests in the game that took a lot of time to complete and required multiple steps and stuff like that so the story eh, wasn't great but it wasn't really the focus of the game so yeah this game is (laughs) fantastic i also have to say like 
yeah, the it's number two in my list. I feel like it could still go to number one. I just haven't had enough time with the game to properly and fairly judge it, I guess. Um, but amazing game. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, well, number two for me is Ocarina, um, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Uh, this was the game that made me realize, like, why do people love Zelda so much? Like, I mean, the games are good and all, but when I finally played through Legend of Zelda all the way through, I, like, or when I first played through Ocarina all the way through, I realized why this game series was so heralded in just the story, the narrative that it told, you know, just from the perspective this game came out so early on, you know, in the uh, 3D era, and told this really cool story that had, you know, Link, where stars this random kid who lives in the forest and doesn't know how to do anything, to really <laughs> slowly becoming this, you know, warrior who wears these awesome, like, tunic, has this giant mirror, shield, golden gauntlets, and you just look like a total, like, amazing, like, warrior by the end of the game. And um, so it's just kind of like this, had this cool coming-of-age story, and I remember the first time I pulled, you know, uh, the master sword out and it teleported seven years and like I first walk out of Castle Town, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the entire town looks completely destroyed and there's like these creepy zombies walking around. Like what <laughs> on earth? Like that completely like shocked me the first time I saw it. And you know, I remember first trying to climb Death Mountain and trying to get past all the meteors falling down and then I like barely make it to the top and then I like I run inside the the volcanoes <laughs> instantly die from burning. I'm like, what? Like um, so just having all these cool things um, like that where you can just explore and just find these um, you know, different upgrades and you know areas and you're like, oh, I'm not sure what to do here. I'm going to come back later and figure it out um, was just really, really cool. And then you know all the music, I loved how they worked in you know, playing an instrument, the ocarina, and using that to teleport and solve different puzzles. And you know when you weren't quite sure what to do, like maybe I can play a song here and that'll do something. So um, that was really cool. And then I think this game also has probably the best boss fights of any uh, – any Zelda game, um, just finding the the blob thing. I remember we had to hook shot the eyeball out. Phantom Ganon, <laughs> where he's running in and out of paintings, and like you said, the, the final showdown with Ganon is so dramatic and really intense. You have to have really good timing uh, to defeat it, and you just feel like a boss when you destroy it. So, I mean, there's a reason this game is, you know, probably the highest reviewed game of all time. There's not not really a lot to complain about it, and that's why Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> really up until Breath of the Wild, has been pretty much emulating this same formula that Ocarina of Time really established for the 3D Zelda game since then. So. Yeah. 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 Totally. It's a fantastic game. Sweet. All right. Well, my number one is uh, The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. Just for you, Jeff. I know. <laughs> Big you surprise. Love that game. <laughs> no, I I think the, the reason it comes down to it is I just love the character of this game. Um, the cel-shaded art style I know initially disappointed a lot of Zelda fans and stuff like that, but I really like it and connect with it. It conveys so much emotion. Um, and the bright colors that you can see kind of sailing along the sea and stuff like that. Um, it looks so good. And then once you get to the first town, um, oh, now I can't even remember the name of the island. <laughs> um, but the first Eventide island that you island? go to... <laughs> No, no, not even time. That's Breath of the Wild. Um, (laughs) uh, But now I can't remember it. But um, the one with the windmill where basically there's all these different characters running around and they ask you to do a bunch of different things. You have to do um, talk to someone and figure out how to get enough to get your sails so you can sail to the next place. Um, And the thing I really liked about uh, Wind Waker was just the 
each basically each square of the map had a different island and each island had a different secret that you had to discover and so some of the islands you couldn't even access and you were like i have no idea how i'm even supposed to get on there um and there were different secrets that you unlocked throughout the games whether it was equipment or weapons or whatever it was or abilities that allowed you to enter and go to these islands and some of them were dungeons and stuff like that some of them had cool items that you could collect um some of them just had maybe something that you needed to complete a quest um but each square of the map had a different secret to unlock or mini game to play or something like that um so it was a really cool way of doing exploration um playing through the hd remaster they really fixed a lot of the issues like sailing took a lot less time with the fast sail um you could teleport around more, more easily um it didn't take as long to play the wind waker um charms and stuff like that which was really nice but yeah it just has a it's a game with a ton of emotion and heart and personality and i really love it for that so and the <laughs> final fight guy. is pretty i'm a very emotional guy <laughs> uh, the final fight with Ganon is nathan pretty, is wearing cool. a legend of zelda His head. Uh, shirt right now too <laughs> yeah exactly this was totally non-intentional this is from uh work <laughs> earlier actually of course it was shirt. an accident of course yeah that's, that's and, nathan for you yeah um um, maybe I'll, I'll finally give Wind Waker a chance if it's really your number one of all time. But I think you just did I, I that. Think so you get Breath me of the Wild could overtake it. Like I feel like I have <laughs> to, to give that disclaimer because um, you know it's only been like six months. I need to give it at least a year before I can give a final final verdict. But yeah, um, I, I thought about that too, but then I'm just like, what the heck? I'm giving Breath of the Wild my number one spot. So <laughs> it, we we kind of already talked about you know a little bit, but you know I was thinking yeah. you know for me individually like what really made Breath of the Wild so much fun and so addicting and just so fun to mess around in is, uh, you know, the reason I put, you know, 85 hours into it was that it kind of in a way borrowed some of the things, um, that really make Mario games great. Like I'm a huge Mario fan and for Mario, like what I really like about the games is, you know, levels are pretty much playgrounds. You get these little play boxes you can just jump around and find the fastest routes around and see if you can wall jump off things and just, really traversing and the platforming and the way Mario moves is really, really fun. And Breath of the Wild fixed that for The Legend of Zelda because, you know, past 3D Zelda games, you know, you have to go very certain ways. You you can't really jump. You can't move certain ways. You have to jump off of, you know, run off things at certain angles. You know, you get caught in walls all the time. But Breath of the Wild made movement so feel so good. You could run you had like a sprint meter, you had it, you could jump, you can climb up to the top of a tower and just glide. The gliding totally changes things because you could just, you know, you see something interesting in the distance, you're like, oh, I'll just climb to the top of this little mountain or this tree and I'll just start gliding in that direction and, I'll, and then I'll shield surf down there and I'll just ride down um, and look awesome while I'm doing it. And then, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the climbing, that totally changed and opened the world for me because rather than just saying, okay, you know, this is my set area, and I just have to look around on the floor here. I'm looking up now. I'm looking at mountains. I'm finding how can I get up there? Oh, I think that's a ledge. Maybe there's a cave or something cool up there. And this game rewarded exploration so well that every time you did go explore and you went to go see what's on the other side of that mountain, or you jumped on something and you finally you know made a trek to the top of a mountain with barely any stamina left, you were usually rewarded really cool by finding like, oh, there's a dragon up here or there's this oh, really rare weapon or a shrine or um there were so many different cool things to do and just made running around in that game like a giant playground you can just mess around and just have fun and um 
the, the movement felt really good. Riding horses was fun. Like the opponent wouldn't just randomly run into trees and stop moving anymore and stuff like that. So um, I think that's what really made Breath of the Wild stand out for me. Um, that and you know the combat felt really good too. You know it's you know pretty simplistic Zelda combat, but I would always usually if I found a group of enemies I'd run and fight them, try to get perfect dodges and you know attack them with the slow mo that it did and. Um, you know, the game's getting better too. It's adding more content. So I'm planning on probably jumping into the season pass when the second pack comes out sometime this fall. So, yeah. 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 And oh, the piano. I loved, loved the piano. They, uh, I thought there was no way they could top, you know, Skyward Sword's orchestrated, you know, feel and sym- symphony that they used. But using the piano for every single really part of the game was really, really cool. I'm, I love the piano. I grew up playing it and just having all the familiar Zelda jingles to just all these different moments uh, with the piano as the lead instrument, which had, was so on Zelda that's never really been done before, I think was a really, really smart choice for them to do. So. Yeah, and it was. And the game was really beautiful too, like the art style yeah, choice. Yeah. Even it came out on the Wii U, it was originally made for the Wii U, came out on Switch as well, but the art style really, really worked as kind of, you know, Nintendo didn't want to, I don't think, and couldn't make this ultra-realistic Zelda game that some people wanted to make. But um, I think they did a really good job of making kind of that um, beautiful, cartoony, but not too cartoony look. Um, that was a really hybrid of the Skyward Sword and Wind Waker look and crossed it over. And yeah. And I took so many pictures. Like, there's so many pictures on my yeah. Switch just from Most wandering around. The world, like, this sunset like... is beautiful. Or, yeah. oh, I love this rock with the shadow. and or whatever it was. So just finding all the different outfits was a blast too. Like there were so many different outfits and you could mix and match, you know, the different pieces of outfits to give you different gear boosts. Um, but it wasn't, you know, like astronomical numbers that didn't make sense. Like a lot of, you know, big RPGs or something like that. And so it's pretty easy to understand and uh, to find. And, you know, recently I've been playing a couple other, you know, kind of open world games, uh, prototype two and rise of the tomb Raider. And, um, you know, those games don't really reward you very well for like finding and going like out of the out of the beaten path. Like, I'll go and I'll find some collectible at the top of the thing, or follow this you know side path to go find something, and it's like, oh, you found one of four submachine gun parts. Find three more, and your submachine gun has ten percent more damage. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I have no motivation to go do this. But in Zelda, like you were always finding such cool stuff, like even 70 hours into the game. So it was, yeah. it was awesome. And it was super rewarding because well, there was a Korok seed that allowed you to upgrade your inventory, or which was like the least rewarding, or a shrine that allowed you to upgrade your hearts. Or um, The shrines were you know, rewarded stamina. themselves just going and figuring out how to do yeah. different physics-based puzzles. Like there wasn't just one solution like Zelda has always had. Like there's lots of different ways to to use your fun gadgets to, to solve things your own way. So, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, such a good game. So good. <laughs> All right. So those are both our lists. Um, I'm kind of surprised how different they are. Like, I think we both had Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild, but besides that, we had all different games, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and kind of just speaks to how good the Zelda series is and how it appeals to different people for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, be, be sure to let us know on Twitter uh, at HeyListen yep. underscore games. What is your favorite Legend of Zelda game? And uh, hey, maybe even tweet us your uh, top five. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, I know, you know, I've said it before, Zelda fans are very vocal about what games <laughs> they do and don't like in the series. So be sure to uh, let us know on the on the Twitter. So 
Exactly. And, you know, be nice as much as you can. But if you don't have a Windwicker in there, I will definitely hunt you down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be hunted by Nathan apparently now. Uh, Yeah. All right. You better watch out. Uh, All right. Um, Do you think we have time for trivia, Nathan, or should we save that for next week? uh, Let's uh, let's save it for next week because we're we're already pretty good, and I think we I think it'd be fun to do with multiple people too. So all right, let's save it. So definitely look forward to that next week. Nathan, yeah. uh, did a bit of homework here and found some fun video game I've trivia. I've curated a list of questions. I'm really excited to ask you. So <laughs> tune in oh next week to find out and uh, see how well you can do. Yeah, we're we're try- trying to kind of find some some new segments to do. I'm on the exactly. show. Uh, a week or two ago, we did a, a music video game trivia quiz where i play different songs and uh nathan tried to guess them and you you guys can kind of play along too and so uh we're looking forward to using or doing playing this new game uh next week so be sure to uh tune in sweet um all right so let's get to what we're playing we got about you know a couple minutes left here on the show um as some of you may know my one of my favorite nintendo characters is the one and only man in green luigi Mario's brother, who is always overshadowed. I was always player two growing up because I was, you know, the second oldest. Uh, <laughs> I had an older brother, and he was always player one playing Mario. So I just grew to be attached to Luigi. Green was my favorite color. Um, so obviously when the Nintendo GameCube came out, and Luigi got his debut uh, uh, game, really, where he had his own solo um, star appearance in Luigi's Mansion. I was all over that game. Still one of my favorite games ever. I really, really love the Luigi's Mansion series. When they announced the sequel for the 3DS, that's like, Okay, I'm getting a 3DS. I hadn't had a 3DS at that point. Really enjoyed playing that one as well. And uh, yeah, so two years ago, Nintendo partnered with Capcom to make a Luigi's Mansion arcade game. And uh, it was released only in Japan for about a year. And just recently, it's starting to kind of show up over here in the States. And uh, I'm down in Oregon right now visiting with some family. My brother told me, he's like, yeah, I was at the the old family fun center and at the arcade there. They had Luigi's Mansion. And I was like, are you serious? Like, there's no way. They, they have Luigi's Mansion. Like, I've never seen it before. It's like, yeah, they do. So, sure enough, we go to the place. They have it there front and center. Me and my brother go, like, both pop $5 in and uh, arcade credit. And we sit down and we beat the entire game in, like, 30 minutes. Like, it was so much fun playing all the way through it. The booth is has pretty much all the different bre- – not Breath of the Wild. What am I talking about? Uh, Dark Moon. <laughs> uh, Dark Moon artwork all over it. So, the Luigi, the different ghosts, and uh, the – the Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon for the 3DS kind of had more of a humorous uh, theme. The first one was almost like a, almost kind of like a horror theme almost. Like it, it was still kind of, you know, a little bit slapstick and Nintendo and colorful, but it was uh, a little scary in parts. But the second one was definitely more humorous. The ghosts were kind of funny and stuff like that. And so they used all the ghosts from the Dark Moon game. And basically um, the ghosts will pop up on the screen and you are literally holding a giant, like, vacuum like light gun and so it's not like it's like this massive gray vacuum cleaner i can post a picture on twitter later so you're literally holding the giant vacuum and you have to basically with your right thumb on the top there's a light bulb button that you hold down to charge and then you release it right um on the ghost and then we'll be stunned just like in the game and then there's another trigger on the bottom of the vacuum that will actually suck them in and the cool thing was the um vacuum controllers that you hold actually have like a really cool rumble feature so when you're you're sucking in like you feel the vacuum vibrating like it's an actual vacuum and you're pulling the ghosts (laughs) in and uh as you're kind of going through the levels there's lots of coins hidden throughout the level and that's you know kind of how you get a high score is it like first person then yeah it's first person 
think like Jurassic Park or something like that. Okay. Okay. Kind of slowly painting around rooms and you're fighting enemies. And, um, when, when you suck in the coins, there's like a cool kind of like, I don't know what to call it. It's, it was kind of like a, there's something in the controller that would make like this heavy, like ticking sound. Like it was like a physical sound that would look like every time like you got the coins. And so it kind of, I was like freaked me out at first, but I realized it was coins. I thought it was really cool, but yeah, it's got the, the Louise mentioned organ music playing and you're just you're kind of going through reworked uh, uh, assets from the original 3DS game. Like I could kind of tell because I played that game a lot. They reuse a lot of the same, you know, textures and characters and stuff. Uh, but overall, it was just a really, really fun experience. There was uh, three main levels you go through and King Boo obviously is the last boss fight. And I think there was four phases to the King Boo fight. So like, wow. After the first phase, they're like, oh, that was kind of easy. Oh, there's a second one. Like, okay, the third one's the last one. Wait, what? There's a fourth phase? <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. If you ever see one, um, if you ever see one of these arcade booths in the wild, definitely check it out. I highly recommend it. I, it was a blast. It's probably like my favorite arcade game. Like, I I've just been thinking about. It. I want to go play it again. But uh, yeah, it was it was really really cool. Nintendo did a great job. I I don't know why these things aren't plastered all over the place because it's just so. So much darn fun. So, uh, yeah, it was it was good. That's cool. It seems like Nintendo's kind of focusing more on their partnerships with other people, especially with arcade mm-hmm. games. Like, they're doing this. They did the Mario Kart VR thing in Japan. Um, they're kind of picking up steam more on the arcade front. So, Which is cool. hopefully there will be more cool Nintendo, experiences like this to come. Nintendo started yeah. was in the arcade. And, yeah. Um, this game also kind of made me realize that I think – 3ds ports or remasters would actually work on the switch because like i said they were reusing a lot of the same assets from the 3ds game which you know a little tiny 3ds 240p screen doesn't look great but on this massive you know monitor that they have in this inside of this arcade booth like the game looked really good like it didn't look bad it didn't look like it was a 3ds game or anything even though it was kind of the the same assets so i think they could totally remaster you know that luigi's mansion dark moon game and you know kid icarus and a bunch of those other kind of 3ds exclusive games um that you know maybe not everyone got a chance to play so um yeah cool sounds like a lot of fun yeah and (laughs) that's pretty much the only game i've really played like i've been you know pretty busy with family and stuff i did want to say i did play some in real life salmon run (laughs) i talked about how salmon run is one of my favorite things about Splatoon too. I really love that. But I went fishing with my uh, uh, one of my best friends down here, and uh, we went and we caught real life steelhead. Which I hate the steelhead and salmon run. Like they shoot those giant bombs out, and especially when you have other things you're worried about, they're really hard hard to get. So I was took took up my vengeance on the Splatoon steelhead by uh, catching two real steelhead, and then chum are basically like it's a nickname for small fish, and so like the main kind of little enemy characters you have to deal with in Splatoon 2 are called like chum you know they hit you with little frying pans there was a chum that hit me because I caught this little like four inch like salmon on my hook and as I was trying to like take him off and so I could release him he like flobbled all over the place and like the hook got caught in my finger <laughs> like the barb was really deep in there so I was like stuck and it kept flopping around and pulling on my skin and oh it, it hurts so bad and I had to like you know get you know, a Band-Aid and all this stuff, and, you know, get antibacterial stuff poured on it. And I'm like, I catch these two giant steelhead, and the little tiny chum is what damages me. Like, typical salmon run. That is, so, like, uh, real salmon run. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it, was, it was pretty funny, but, um, yeah, it, it was fun. Nice. So. What yeah, about you? Cool. You, you playing anything this week? 
Um, my list is kind of boring because it's almost the same as last week. <laughs> um, as you know, I have gotten obsessed with Stardew Valley, so been playing a little bit more of that. Uh, finished the Fall Harvest Festival and was able to win enough money to buy uh, more energy for my character, which is always exciting. So I can farm even more now. Like Later, you buy like an energy drink, like you get a rock star. Uh, basically, you buy this thing called a star fruit, um, and it's this fruit that you eat and it permanently increases your energy. But when you first get to the fair, you're like, "How do I win that?" Um, and there's different games you can go around and play. Um, oh, basically, like you get enough tokens. Yeah, like mini games oh, cool. and stuff like that. Um, but I kind of cheated, and there's this betting game you can play, <laughs> and I found a way to basically uh, a 97.3% chance that I would be able to bet my way enough to get enough tokens to buy this. Wow. So, yeah, I'm thinking about uh, going to Vegas and counting cards now. So, <laughs> feel confidence. You're going to like walk um, out of there with all this money and be like, where did you learn to play like that? Stardew Valley, yo. Stardew Valley was my teacher. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, funny. but the game is really fun. It's really um, kind of just pulls you in and grabs you and doesn't let you go, um, obviously, because I've been playing it for <laughs> the last two weeks. Um, the more you talk about it, the more I want this game to come out on Switch so I can get it for myself yeah, and play I it. I really want it. Like, if you get it for the Switch, too, like, that's supposed to be the first console that has multiplayer, so it'd be really fun to play. And it's the perfect perfect um, game for Switch because it is, like, kind of an older 16-bit style game that would look beautiful on that screen and easy to pick up and play and set. Well, I say easy to set down again, but not mm-hmm. really. So, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Anyways, besides that, just playing some multiplayer, Splatoon 2, um... They added a couple new weapons into Splatoon 2, like the uh, the umbrella. Yeah, the um, splat umbrella. Pretty cool. The splat umbrella. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, it's kind of really cool, like because you can use it as defense, and then you can actually release it and swim behind it um, to swim up closer enemies because it's a pretty short range weapon. Um, hmm. So that kind of adds in some new. Uh, yeah, it's pretty new much like it's a whole it. new new type of weapon. So yeah, I, I really want to yeah. try it. Yeah, I'm glad because I know originally when with Splatoon 2, I was a little bit worried about them adding in new weapons because they brought back a lot of old ones and then yeah, maybe Duelies with different really the only real new but Duelies was the only real new one so this is another new kind of weapon type that's completely unique so very cool i'm excited about it. it's good yeah. good to say game keep getting updates i uh play did play a little bit of arms with my cousin um mm-hmm. he recently got a switch but hadn't played arms yet and then wanted to try it out we played it for a couple hours he really really um enjoyed it and they just put a new update out for that they uh did some balance balance updates and then they said they're prepping for like a new character that might be coming soon too and so i'm excited that you know we're in this era where games you know are being updated and they're adding new features and patches and stuff all the time um that's really cool and um real quick before we go i did want to say um i'm still really enjoying overcooked um on the switch i was able to play that a little oh bit yeah more. and uh just everyone who i play a game with just loving just you know, <laughs> cracks up like multiple times throughout throughout playing it. and there's a lot of depth to play some um more you know advanced recipes and levels and you know it ramps up the challenge and communication when you play with three or four players too um but yeah my uh my brother-in-law asked me about flip flip wars which is a nintendo eShop game it's kind of like mm-hmm. a light bomberman-esque style a multiplayer game and um I told him, you know, it looks 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 pretty interesting. It looks looks like it could be fan, fun. It's like a poor man's Bomberman or whatever, you know, if you don't want to pay $40 for Bomberman for the Switch. But uh, I I really think I recommend Overcooked as being that game for Switch owners. If you have a Switch and you're looking for a really fun multiplayer, especially local, just couch multiplayer for up to four people, 
Um, I think really overcooked is has got to be that game. It's cost a little bit more. Yeah. It's twenty dollars, but um, really, really enjoying the game. And I haven't even gone through. I think maybe half the levels yet. Like there's a lot of content yeah. in there too. So. There's a ton of content. It has all the DLC in it too, which is pretty cool. And then also. Um, that game doesn't really ever get old. Like uh, me and my wife played it this weekend a lot with um, a good friend of the show, Sir Mr. Fields and his wife who were staying with us mm-hmm. and they had never played it before. And so oh, playing back, so we were playing like most <laughs> of the levels we had already played, but playing it back through it with them was really fun. Cause it adds a new dynamic. Cause you're playing with someone in real life and they're like, I'm going to do this. No, you do this. And you bump into each other and get <laughs> mad at each other and stuff like that. It gets kind of crazy and frantic. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the perfect game for Switch, especially um, if you're looking for local multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Well, I think that is our show for the week. So uh, thank you so much uh, for listening. As always, you can find us um, on Spreaker.com. Uh, we're here on the Hey Listen Games cast, um, part of Anthony Shelton Media Network. Uh, I saw Anthony started up a, a uh, podcast all about uh, Hearthstone. So if you, uh, Ooh. if any of you listeners play Hearthstone, be sure to check that out. Uh, you can just find it um, on the Anthony Shelton media page. Uh, we got the Hey Listen Gamecast as one of the shows, and um, his show is also on there as well. So be sure to check that out. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we leave you with the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past official soundtrack the dark world theme <laughs> Ooh, sounds fun have a good week everyone see you next time